welcome to the 19th episode of Basha's Thoughts. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the trap of being good, of wanting to be good, actually of wanting to be worthy, deserving, good. A few episodes back, we talked about the idea of being good, and we asked, is it good to be good, truly? And in the end, we, or at least I, reached the conclusion that yes, but there is a trap. And the trap is a trap that puts us into a state of fear and moves us into a life led mostly in our mind where we are trying to avoid minefields a minefield in the mind. So society tells us that we should be good. Okay, that's fine. But then society also tells us what that means. And so society, and by society, I mean that it could be your parents, it could be your society or the mixture of societies where you have been growing up or living, and it could even be you and your ideas of how things are supposed to be. So then society or you tell yourself, well, to be good, I need to, and then there is a list of things that you should and should not be doing the shoulds and shouldn'ts. And when you follow those directions, those instructions, well, then you can become good and deserving. And your worth comes from being able to perform, in a sense. Your value is now tied to your performance. Performance in the sense of being good, doing the good deeds and avoiding the bad deeds. When this happens, we also create systems like guilt. Now, why do we feel guilt? Do we get anything out of it? Do we get anything out of feeling guilty? Actually, we do. And that's why we actually use it. That's why we have guilt. Because when we feel guilty, well, then at least we felt guilty when we did something bad or didn't do something well enough. And so then we are not really a bad person and we deserve forgiveness. So guilt is something we have because we want to be worthy worthy of love, of being loved, of being deserving. So guilt then is something that helps us. So then the question becomes, but is that really true? This idea of tying our value and worth to a performance in a sense, the performance of good deeds. Is that true? Is that something that we can um, believe in? Well, we do believe in it. A lot of us do. And that's where we fall into the trap. 
See, to answer if our value can be tied to our performance, in a sense, and by performance I mean actions, but I also mean thoughts and attitudes. So, to be able to answer that, well, then we have to know who we are. Since we are the essential part, we are the worthy ones or non-worthy ones. And within society, we tend to see ourselves or identify ourselves with our roles. But in reality, we are not a role. We experience a role or we may play a role, but a role does not experience us, right? So the roles are not our real identities. But whenever we fall into the trap of uh, truly identifying with the role, well then we automatically start tying our fears to that role as well. Let's take a role, any role. Say you are a car salesman and you want to be a good car salesman. Well, then maybe in your mind and society, a good car salesman is one that sells a lot of cars. And if this is your primary identity, and this is what is important to you, well, then you can create a fear around not being a good car salesman. And that fear can then lead you to a lot of questionable actions. See, say for instance that you're almost not meeting your quota, whatever that is, and you have this piece of junk that you know that as soon as someone drives it off the lot, it's pretty much going to fall apart. But you have this nice older lady who has been saving for many years now and she really wants and needs a car and she's eager to buy it from you. Well, then you might sell that car and meet your quota and be a good car salesman. So whenever you identify as any role, then you will automatically start creating fears of not being worthy, not being good. Well, then you might say, well, yeah, I might be a car salesman, but that's not my primary identity. My primary identity is different. Well, m maybe I'm, I'm a Texan, or maybe I'm a man or a woman. Well, that too comes with a lot of different ideas of what it means to be a good, whatever that is, a good man or a good woman. And those ideas may be different in different societies. And yet, if this is your primary identity, well, you, you might be completely devastated if you're not able to live up to whatever it means to be a good woman or man. Maybe being a good woman means that you have to have children. And if you cannot bear children, wow, well, then that's a disaster for you. And a lot of fear comes up and a lot of ideas of trying to 
move away from that fear come up and your life is no longer as full as it could be. So whatever role you might take on, even the role of being a person, a person also comes with its ideas and rules and things to follow. And the identification with any role will lead to this idea of not being enough and the fear of not being enough. So who are you if you're not a person? (laughs) Well, if you've listened to this podcast before, then you probably already know where I'm going. You are, of course, not of this world. You are abundant. You are love. You are beauty. You are the awareness that is able to experience all the different roles that you might be playing. But you are none of them. You are the one experiencing it. You are totally abundant and supported. Whatever you believe, you can believe. So if you really truly believe that you are limited to a particular role, well then, those beliefs will create the fears and the limitations for you. You can even experience that. The idea of tying value to one's performance in life, in some sense, is one that brings problems with it. Believing this will trap us in a life that is based on fear. Let's take something that we believe to be really good. Let's take the idea of sharing. So we would say that sharing things with others is a really positive trait. And this is something good. And this is something that we should strive to do. Now, saying this might sound really harmless. And yet this is just like any other idea of tying performance to your value. It comes at a price. So I noticed this some time ago, some years ago. I noticed the following. I noticed that sharing something, information with others, was really important for me. And if I did not do it, then whatever I was experiencing was pretty much invalidated. See, if I experienced something beautiful or something intriguing or something really funny or smart, as soon as I experienced it, my mind would race off and try to find someone to share it with. Oh, I have to tell Jessica about this, or I have to tell him or her or them. I have to somehow find a way of sharing this with someone else. And I would sometimes quite eagerly run up to say, Jessica, Jessica, you're never going to believe what just happened. This amazing bird just came down and 
It stole the old lady's car keys, and she didn't even notice it. And she thought probably that she was just looking for them and had forgotten where she put them. But it was actually a bird. It was so amazing. And I laugh, Jessica laughs, we have fun, and I feel this is meaningful. I'm sharing with her. I'm becoming closer to her. This idea of sharing with others is really true. And often we hear this, that shared joy is much greater than joy that you feel alone. And of course, we have so many stories and ways of explaining this, and we all believe in it. And yet, this was actually a problem in my case. And why was this a problem? How did I notice it? Actually, I noticed it in the quality of my life, in the quality of my connections with others. And I noticed it when I asked myself, can I find something funny or enjoy the beauty of something, really appreciate something without ever sharing that with anyone? And I would say no. Yes, I can appreciate it a little bit, but I really had this urge, this need to share it with someone else because then, why? Because then what? See, then I would be validated. Then I would be worthy. Then I would be important. Then the fear, the underlying fear of not being enough would move away, would be swept away, at least for the time being, for the moment. So as long as I had this underlying urge of sharing things, and it was never really enough for me to just have something happen only to me without anyone ever knowing about it, and me fully enjoying it. As long as this was the case, I was not free. I was actually living from fear. And of course, I had amazing stories. My mind was working overtime, creating all sorts of narratives, explanations, and I could have recited a long list of them for you explaining why what I just said is preposterous because sharing is innately good and so we should do it and I was doing it right. But I wasn't. I really wasn't. It wasn't until later that I noticed the difference. In reality my ability to be present, to actually see the other person as they were without imposing any types of projections onto them, my ability to truly actually share a moment with someone else was limited. 
and it was limited by this underlying fear of worthlessness, not being worthy. And so I, instead of, for instance, when I would meet up with, say, Jessica, instead of being present there with her, I had to go off on my tangent, my story. I wasn't as present there with her as I could have been. I went off into my mind and created a moment that, yes, for a brief moment I felt less fear, but that was not true intimacy. That was not true connection. And my views of everything around me were like the minefield where I was trying to avoid fears. This is why very often when you speak to someone, you might find yourself coming up with what you should say instead of actually just listening without an agenda actually just being present without having any agenda and then sharing, yes, but then sharing from another place, not a place of fear, not a place that masquerades as being good or wanting to be good, not a place of playing, doing the right thing, but a place of true connection and love. Life becomes less satisfactory. It becomes less present. It becomes more based in our mind. And our mind will be likely to go from being in a judgmental state and go from being or projecting the devil or projecting an angel upon someone. And so, as long as we have this underlying fear, or any other fear, this is just one of the fears that we could have, as long as it is there, we are not present. And we are in our mind. And we are just trying to find a balance, but it's very difficult. We will either project an angel upon someone. This is our savior. This is the best person ever. Or we will project the devil. Oh no, now I see who they really are. They're awful. This is terrible. And this is a very unstable, unbalanced way of being. And we're never really connected because we're never really present. So we never really know who the other person is. We live in a world of projections. We are prone to projections. But <laughs> that underlying fear of unworthiness is unfounded. It is a fear that lies in this trap and this belief that our value has to do with our performance. And that is just not true. This robs us of the fullness 
of our lives, even as we play our roles. See, knowing who we are and so knowing our worthiness and aligning with it, well, that makes us act accordingly and that will make us share. But share in the right moment with the right person. And that will make us quite capable of being able to fully enjoy something, even if we are the only person on earth who ever gets to share that. And then if we get to share, with, share it with someone else in a moment where it really makes sense, then that will be even greater and we will be acting that way but we will not be acting that way from fear. So, if we can loosen up our identity with whatever role we are playing and see this trap of tying value to our performance then we can become more free. We can become fearless and therefore free. As opposed to the more delusional form of living where we live in fear, constriction, always in the minefields of our projections. It's funny, you know, being completely selfless can be seen as something problematic but it can also be the ultimate illuminated state because if you are selfless then you know that you are not a self there is no self to you you are the infinite you are illuminated and the opposite being completely selfish can be completely delusional or it can actually be the illumined state because when you are completely selfish well then you know that actually that's the only thing that you can be because there is only you you are one with everything but that selfishness does not manifest as the ego selfishness it manifests as love and as fearlessness. So the trap of being good, wanting to be good, worthy and deserving is a trap because we already are worthy, deserving and beyond good. Tying our value to our performance will actually dissociate us from our heart, will take us into a judgmental mindset and will make us feel unbalanced and as though we're never really connecting, as though our life is never really quite satisfactory. But loosening up our identity, learning who we truly are and truly identifying with that will remedy this situation and will lead us to a fuller, 
and more heart-centered life. Thank you for listening today. I'll talk to you in another episode. Take care.